0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Future Inside Podcast. I am the host, Dr. Dean Cantu, and I am very pleased to introduce our guest for this month's podcast, Dr. Joy Ehrlichman Miller. Uh, Dr. Miller is an internationally known licensed psychotherapist, professional trainer, and author. Uh, she is the founder and director of Joy Miller and Associates in Peoria, Illinois. She is an Illinois licensed state uh, licensed clinical professional counselor as well as a certified master addictions counselor. Uh, Dr. Miller has uh, appeared on a number of syndicated television uh, programs, uh, including Sally Jesse Raphael, Oprah Winfrey. Jenny Jones, Montau Williams, uh, and Geraldo Rivera. Um, she uh, has also had uh, uh, publications in national magazines and uh, 40 newspapers from around the country. So uh, again, I want to welcome Dr. Miller. And Dr. Miller, if you would, we always ask our guests to kind of give us a little bit of insight in terms of your uh, uh, life journey that has gotten you to uh, to this point in your career.
1: Wow. That's a a tough question. (laughs) Um, um, My uh, beginnings were in education. I actually was in secondary ed and then went to Bradley University and met the most amazing mentor, uh, Dr. Burke, who um, Margaret Burke was the head of the department for many years and um, had a class with her and really got into counseling, saw the benefits, and then changed from secondary ed into to counseling and then became a high school counselor from there and then went into private practice. My, um, my first interest was in addictions and um, I worked with um, the family of addicts, uh, most specifically adult children, and from there um, started to write books, went on the speaking uh, circuit and talk specifically about relationships, addictive relationships, to be very specific. Um, And that's how I got on all the television shows in those years. And then um, from there, um, moved into um, working more with women's issues. Um, And from that, I, I segued into deciding that it was time to get my doctorate And when I did, I knew immediately what I was going to work on. And um, I always had been plagued, is probably the easiest word, um, by coping strategies of people who were in Auschwitz um, or the Holocaust. And so when I had the opportunity to do my dissertation, I knew I wanted to do coping strategies of women. And just everything fell into line, um, you know, I think the universe has a plan, and it had a plan for me. So um, I ended up working with um, first the Shoah Foundation in its early beginnings with Steven uh, Spielberg, worked with the uh, Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C., and ended up eventually working with a group of women who were the first women to give their testimony at the United States Holocaust Museum. And there's a permanent exhibit there, and I worked with that population. So that changed my life. And from then on, um, I've been focused on resiliency, coping strategies, and really helping people work through trauma and stress.
0: Outstanding! Thank you, thank you so much. And I know that you uh, you've been active uh, in the Peoria area as well with the uh, the Button Project. Could you talk to our, our listeners about that as well?
1: Um, gosh, many years ago, um, we decided that we needed something visually to show people the enormity of the Holocaust and how many people. Um, were exterminated, and I think when you when you say 6 million, you know, you can say it, but you can't imagine the enormity. So we thought of all sorts of ideas. How can we show people that? We thought of flags. We thought of, you know, millions of things, and finally we came upon the fact that some people during the Holocaust as kind of an active of... Um, of defiance had a button or a paperclip, and we thought, okay, a button would be very cool because it could be different. Every person um, would be represented by perhaps a different button. So we started collecting, and um, at first, you know, it, it you know everybody started to help, and everybody started to count because we counted every button by hand. So all of a sudden, all the schools started to help. The Catholic schools started to help. And then um, there was a button company in New York that found out about it. And they literally delivered 3 million plus buttons to my door at my office. And so then we needed a lot of people to help count, (laughs) which ended up happening. We um, at the end had so many buttons that we collected 11 million. So it was 6 million for all the Jews that were exterminated and 5 million that for the others. So that would have been the homosexuals, Catholics, um, other people that um, the Nazis felt were inferior. So uh, each button was um, counted by hand and then put into structure. So Um, The ones representing the Jews were in stars, and uh, the others were put in triangles because they had to wear a triangle of different colors. So um, it was an amazing project. Um, The whole city came together. In fact, the country came together. We ended up getting buttons from um, every state, which was—it was just an amazing project that came together. So it's now located um, downtown in Peoria at um, the museum.
0: And, and you're right, and actually I had the opportunity uh, with our department, uh, one of our uh uh, Back to school activities was to pay it forward as we talked about. And that was one of the activities that we engaged in. And you're right, it's a powerful message and a powerful experience for those that participated in, in creating uh, this, but also those that visit, uh, uh, you know, uh, every, uh, you know, uh, throughout the year, uh, you know, since this, uh, the exhibit has been established. So um, thank you for that. Appreciate that. Another activity that you've been involved with is as uh, CEO of the uh, Resiliency Forum. Uh, which produces uh uh... the uh... resiliency conferences and you just finished one up here uh... not long ago um, uh, could you talk a little bit about that uh, that conference both in terms of it's incredibly impressive in terms of the the footprint the global footprint you have and the the list of 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 speakers is is uh... again equally impressive so if you could talk a little bit about that dr miller and then uh, also uh... about some of the the messages and some of the takeaways from the this year's resiliency uh, conference.
1: Um, well, we, this is uh, we just completed our our third uh, resiliency conference. The first one was an in-person conference, and it was our traditional one. Um, you know, where people are in the audience, etc. Um, but then the pandemic came, and we of course had to move to another venue uh, and decided to to try the whole Zoom thing. So. Um, you know, we were novices. We had no idea what we were doing. And I had a dear friend that I was on the circuit with 35 years ago. His name is Dr. Brian Robinson. And um, he does a lot with Forbes magazine and Psychology Today and whatever. And between us, we started to think, who could we get to be part of this conference? Is it's Zoom? It doesn't matter. We can get wherever, uh, people from wherever. And um, my first call was to Aaron Brockovich. Because I had worked with Erin um, through the Women's Lifestyle show that I had done. And um, when I called, she said, Joy, of course, I'll do it. Whatever you want, fine. <laughs> and so, you know, when you start with Erin Brockovich, that gives you a little power. And we just started going down the line. Um, this was for 2020. Um, getting people, Brian knew Alanis said and he knew um, ariana huffington so quickly our list started to build and um, within the first year uh, we ended up with um, 30 celebrities everyone donated their time and their talent to the event and the of course the um, topic was um, resiliency in this ever-changing world And. That year, we ended up with close to. Um, I think it, it ended up with three thousand, a little more than three thousand um, participants. Our global reach, there was there was a little. We did some publicity, but most most of our reach was in the United States, and um, we also, since it was a free event and it was a four hour event. Um, we raised money for first responders first which was wonderful because um i think a lot of the celebrities were were willing to talk about resiliency to help people because everybody at that time was pretty much in lockdown so um people were very eager to get this information the celebrities were very eager to help out um and then we had to decide are we going to do it again i mean none of us knew what was going to happen we were really excited about our results and um, when we started to do last year's um, conference people came out of the woodwork I mean it's kind of like right now everybody's a lot of people have heard about it it's very easy to um, to access celebrities that we couldn't reach before so uh, I, I pulled up my list because uh, there were so many people that have been so gracious and so wonderful uh that came to the forefront. Um, You know, I, I have to say that Edith Eager, Dr. Eager, who's a logo therapist, I think topped the list. Um, If you don't know her, she is the uh, most amazing. Uh, uh, she's a clinician. She's a psychiatrist. She is just off the wall amazing uh oprah calls her life-changing and that is for sure she's 94 years old she's a survivor but her message is not about adversity as much as it is about hope and change and the power that you have within you and people came from everywhere to hear dr eager i mean specifically from like vietnam thailand europe every place in europe uh, she posted something, and within 10 minutes, I had 700 registrations, and that's her reach. Oh, my God. So we, had, we had Ariana Huffington, Jack Cornfield, uh, Jericho Brown, who was uh, the Poet Laureate, Ray Hood, um, let's see, Alanis Morissette came back, um, Pete Buttigieg um, made a statement, Alison Camerata from CNN. Uh, Tito Jackson from the Jackson (laughs) 5 our own Laurie Russell from the university Um, Christine Neff who talks on compassion so we ended up with uh, let's see, we ended up with at the end 44 speakers 37 of them were celebrities and 7 excuse me, seven were global influencers, because we found that it's not just the United States that's working on resiliency, there are many places around the globe. So we ended up getting um, influencers from Ireland, Australia, Canada, Rwanda, uh, did I say Ireland, Jordan, and they all came together and they talked about the projects they're doing in their country, which was amazing to see the similarities and how everybody is working on basically the same types of of things. And when we went global, everything exploded. And we ended up with almost 7,000 participants for last year. Um, Once again, four hours of continuous um, minute by minute uh, activities and speakers, and um, you know it's a free it's a free uh, webinar, and people loved it. They came back and they watched it again. It was available for um, for about seventy two hours, so some people watched it a couple times, and um, the reviews were sterling. I mean, just unbelievable. So of course, we're working on next year's and we already have about uh, I think a dozen people that have already celebrities that have said sure fine I'm I'm ready to do it again ready to do it again
0: That's incredible and very impressive and it's it's great to see everyone coming together you know to contribute uh, and, you know and, and I think that um, you know the message certainly would resonate no matter what the the context but within uh, the context of a global, Pandemic, I think it, it you know it uh, it magnifies uh, the the critical import of of the message of resiliency and and thriving in, in this dynamic, ever changing world that you talked about. You you were getting feedback as well from the participants that were responding to you um, about coping strategies that they have employed. Um, uh, during the pandemic, uh, and and you've talked about how this is, you know, how we're moving from, you know, surviving or survival to thriving. What are some of the, and, and I know it's early on, and you just have a, a tremendous amount of, of information and data that you're getting back, but what are some of the uh, uh, the patterns or some of the uh, 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 strategies that you you see that individuals are employing uh, within uh, the global pandemic?
1: Well, we... Um we added this question to our registration about um, two months into the process of registration. So I ended up with approximately 4,000 different uh, respondents. That doesn't mean how many different answers they gave. So what uh, we basically asked was, how have you survived? Um, or endured during the pandemic. Um, So there were people that wrote 20 things, and there were people that wrote one or two. Um, So um, doing it the old school way, of course I did it by hand and tallied everything. (laughs) Um, So it was quite a feat. Um, And um, what I found, which wasn't, I have to say it wasn't surprising to me because it somewhat replicated my dissertation, But what we found was that the number one thing that people said that has helped them is connections. Um, Mm -hmm. And so first was their connection to family um, in general. uh, And then number two was friends um, or colleagues. Number three was religion. And number four was their connection with the the universe, for lack of a better term, nature, exercising their pets, you know, just things around them. And the last one was their connection with themselves. So many mm-hmm. people talked about how this was a time to become introspective and how they changed the messages and reframed messages within themselves and used Interesting. mechanisms that they had learned to become stronger. So once again, um, everything surrounded the theme of connection and it was dramatic. Um, there were other answers but typically they they fell in one of these five areas.
0: That's interesting and, and you know it, it was as, as I'm listening to you talk it was the, as though uh, those connections uh, had certainly been impacted uh and and we were 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 in many cases uh, denied uh during the you know at least at the height of the pandemic uh threatened whatever the case might be um so it's interesting that 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 is this the human desire to reestablish those connections on this side of the pandemic um and to not only reestablish them but almost it sounds like uh, invest in them even more deeply than uh, than in the pre-pandemic period and and it's also interesting to hear you talk about that introspection that occurred as well uh and it would be interesting to kind of juxtapose that you know with what what was going on before the pandemic and maybe it's this renewed appreciation you know for that you know for that self-reflection that may not even have been present or or taken for granted perhaps in in the pre-pandemic period
1: and maybe people didn't give themselves the time right because we all had time more than (laughs) and we still do um but I do believe that you're that you're very correct. That in the early stages, um, we yearned for connection. Um, we found new and exciting ways to connect. Maybe not as fulfilling, but they were ways to connect, whether Zoom or podcasts or connect in in different ways. But people dramatically said this made a change. And 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 when I go back and I look at my dissertation and I look at how women coped in Auschwitz which was different than how men said they uh, they coped women overwhelmingly said they coped because of love and connections Mm -hmm. so for me I wasn't surprised I was however surprised that so many males noted um, love and connection so I think we've come a long way Um, that it that I think in general, everyone has come to the realization of how important relationships are in their lives and connections are and that um, tasks and what we've done and what we do and what we achieve is fine, but in the big picture, um, it's about connections.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. It, the, uh, the last question I've got, Dr. Miller, if you could, uh, uh, again, speak to our audience. Uh, many of our listeners, uh, as you know, are engaged in higher education. Uh, as well as in K twelve education, uh, and uh, in the, uh, the you know within the pandemic, and you know, I was just thinking here, you know, it, it impacted us. Uh, you know, at the end of uh, you know uh, the school year, academic year nineteen twenty, in the spring of that year, uh, all of twenty twenty one. Uh, and now we find ourselves still within the pandemic in twenty one twenty two. 22. Um, you know, so if someone was, you know, uh, has made that transition, for example, from high school to uh, college university, I mean, these are individuals who have been impacted now that may be juniors. And the only, you know, sort of world they know is is in higher education, the only experience has been within the, the pandemic itself. And they're, you know, they're a year away, you know, or so from, from graduating. Next year is their senior year. Um, so hopefully we'll be to the other side of the pandemic by that point in time but talk a little bit about you know you know, the, what sometimes is called the new normal or whatever, or how we've pivoted. But talk a little bit about to those individuals in particular that are transitioning during this time, whether it's transitioning from high school into higher education, uh, or transitioning into their careers, into the workforce, um, you know, what, what kind of insight can you provide uh, uh, to them, uh, you know, as as they're making this transition, which was already a, a major milestone in their in their lives, but it has been made all the more, perhaps challenging, if you will, uh, because of the pandemic.
1: And yes, it's been challenging, but it's been, I I, I hate to say it in this way, it's been an amazing gift because I think people have realized, if they look within, how strong they really are and the strengths they have. We have endured something that no one would have imagined. We have faced something that beyond belief, and we've come out the other side. Uh, We hope. (laughs) I hope we're near the end. Um, But I think it's important for um, students, and I guess everyone, to look at what, what strengths did we have? What did you learn? What did you gain? What got you through this? This is the important part to take with you because that's going to take you through every other challenge in your life. Everything from here on is it's probably going to be much easier after going through what we've gone through. But it's important you know, to really grasp that. For me, I faced my biggest challenge, and that was being alone. I was always the person who had to be out there doing something and, you know, for me, it's been a gift to be able to have time with myself, to be introspective, to to learn about my inner strengths. And, um, you know, I, I see it as, yes, this was a challenge, but it was an amazing gift. And when you talk to, you know, I remember my father saying, oh, if you only live through this recession, or if you only, you know, what it was like, and they go back to that because there was something they gained from this. And there's so much for us to gain from this. And and I hope people will take the time to look at what what was purposeful, what did they gain, um, what was important, and how can they use this to their advantage.
0: That's a, a great point. That's a great point, and particularly when you look at, uh, you know, at generations, for example, that had shared experiences, whether it's through World War II or shared experience of, you know, the Great Depression. Uh, it really did become the prism through which they, they viewed the rest of their lives. So it, uh, you're right. It's, it's, a, it's a powerful event that uh, allows for even greater breadth of, of, of skills and knowledge to, to come out of it on the other side and apply it for the rest of your life. Um, again, uh, thank you, Dr. Miller. I want to thank you on behalf of the Future Insight uh, 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 podcast for joining us here uh, today. Uh, and I want to thank our listeners as well. Uh, and until next time, uh, again, uh, uh, we hope that uh, you uh, um, have a, a healthy uh, and uh, a, a rewarding experience uh, over the course of the next month. Thank you.